Hello, my name is Anne Teato and welcome to episode number 20 of the Psychic Matters podcast. I'm in the recording studio today with my very special guest, Mary Ann Bora, PR professional, communication specialist and intuition advocate. Mary Ann has interviewed some of the most gifted intuitives in the world today, as well as top scientists and researchers in the field of parapsychology and psychic phenomena. She has written a fascinating book called The Gift Within Us, which is all about intuition, spirituality, and the power of our own inner voice. Mary Ann Bora, welcome to Psychic Matters. Thank you, Anne. It's a pleasure to be here. Mary Ann, tell us why, why, why did you write such a book? And why is the topic of intuition so very dear to your heart? Well, the state of the world right now, we're in kind of a trauma cycle. And we really need to start listening to the, our inner voice, which is always speaking to us. But how I got involved in this is I'm a public relations person and I lived in New York City for about 15 years. And I had a client come to me in 1997, before the year 2000, he was putting up a giant digital clock in midtown Manhattan, counting down the days and seconds and minutes to the year 2000. It's called the Millennium Clock. And he wanted me to get national press for this clock. Now, if you may remember at Y2K, everyone was scared when the year 2000 was coming that we were all going to just like fall off the edge of the earth, right? Computers would stop working. So everyone was nervous about the year 2000. So I did this big press conference a thousand days before the year 2000. And I invited 24 highly gifted psychics and mediums to come and meet with journalists and talk about what's going to happen in the year 2000. The reason I mentioned this story is that 75 journalists showed up, which is a huge number of media, including the Wall Street Journal, CBS News, Entertainment Tonight, all sorts of, of media. And it was a big success. Yes, it got lots of press, national and global. But um, two reasons I mentioned this. The guy from the Wall Street Journal came up to me after this event. They, each journalist could meet with each gifted person for about three minutes and ask them any kind of questions, personal, world event, whatever. And he said, he was, he was shaking and he said, Marianne, I confess, I came here to make fun of these people, the gifted people, but they were so accurate that I'm still in shock. And the other reason I mentioned it, I became friends with, and still am, with a lot of the gifted people. They felt like family almost. And I knew about their lives and it started to irritate me how they were misperceived by the media as being, oh, wacky or fakes, charlatans, whatever, uh, soothsayers. And I started to write their stories because I felt these people, many were born that way. Many as children struggled with these gifts to understand them. Some were bullied by other people. Some were closeted until they were older. And still today, it's kind of a taboo a little bit to tell people, oh, I'm a psychic or a medium. You know, there's still this prejudice. And that's how the book began. And then over time, as before it got published, my own guides kind of said, but Marianne, part of what you're doing is putting a face on gifted people. So people understand the regular people with an extraordinary gift. And also, to put them in touch, regular people, with their own inner voice. Not that we're going to go out and do psychic readings. It's just a matter of having access to this divine guidance, divine wisdom that we all possess. It's just a matter of being a little humble and listening to your, your own inner voice. Yeah, I mean, that's, that, that's such a, an incredible thing to have done, to have brought all those people together, not just the journalists, but all the psychics and the mediums and the clairvoyants, 
as well. I mean, that must have been some party. I'd have loved to have been there that night. Yeah, it was really interesting. And, you know, there's just a, all the journalists that came to make fun of the people were blown away by how sincere and gifted. And a lot of these people that I'm still friends with, there are 33 highly gifted people that I interviewed for my current book. And I do profile chapters about their lives, what they experienced and what they want to share with other people that they've learned. And I have contact info for every single one of those people at the end of the book in case somebody wants to experience an an extraordinary reading with somebody. They can find them easily. But yes, their stories are quite diverse. One man, he was gay and he was raised in the South in, in the U.S. And unfortunately, you know, because he was gay, he said he was always being beaten up by other kids. He said, but Marianne, when I came out as psychic, it was a thousand times worse. One woman was a a naval commander uh, in the military for all of her life until her late 40s. And then her daughter-in-law was killed by a lightning. She was walking in Europe. She was pregnant, struck by lightning, died. Suddenly, Suzanne, her name is Suzanne Giesman, this military lady, she got flooded with mediumship ability. And that's what she does now. She's written several books. She has a radio show. So she came to it very late. Everybody's story is different and fascinating. But one thing is true about all of them. They're all extraordinarily gifted. They're all extremely, I think, humble. And they helped so many people. Yeah, I mean, I think that's one of the most difficult things. And I'm happy to speak for my friends who are mediums and psychics as well about this, is that is the prejudice that we do experience constantly all the time and the bullying in a way. And it's mild bullying. It's 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 sarcasm or the silly remarks or nobody taking it seriously or yeah, yeah. And, you know, people, it's, it's very difficult to find in mainstream society, a place to be accepted when you do have these gifts. But the thing is, what's so annoying for me is everybody has these gifts. We're not unique. It's just that we have acknowledged them within ourselves and everybody's got the same gift. Well, I would take issue with you on that point a little bit because the people in my book are at the very top echelon of giftedness. Just like we can all sing. How many of us can sing like Adele? Well, true. I have great intuition. I'm very blessed that way. And I recognize it. I have developed that muscle. But my purpose in this life is not to read people. Some people are also very gifted as psychics. Some people are more gifted as mediums. Some are both. Some are healers. So the gifts can, I mean, we don't all have exactly the same level of of giftedness, I think. But what you're saying is true. We all have that connection. And everyday regular people, every single day, we're getting, you know, those hunches, gut feelings. Uh, We have expressions like, it just came to me. Well, that's where it's coming from, the same place. You may be extremely gifted in your field, mediumship and psychic ability. Others that are in my book, maybe they're more on the healer side. It kind of ranges. So yes, maybe all of us have this level of ability you you have. But I think that in, in our lifetimes, we all have different goals and purposes. And I think some of the people in my book didn't even really want to be gifted. Some did. But some really did not, and it struggled with it, and finally came to terms with it. So it's all over the map, really, on on levels of giftedness. But we all do have that connection. Yeah, I agree with you. It is all over the map. That's very true. I guess where I'm coming from is everybody has the innate ability to listen to their gut instinct and their intuition on every level regarding business decisions, family decisions, 
whether they should be in a relationship with somebody or not on the most simple things everybody has an ability to know what is good for them and what isn't good for them so they could be listening more to their own inner voice i feel definitely and some of the most successful business people they know this <laughs> they they follow their gut they they listen and they are well aware of it people have a rational mind and if your rational mind is saying you should move here but your gut instinct, your intuition is saying no. If you go with your rational mind against your gut feeling, oftentimes it's not a good path. You really do need to trust your, your gut instincts. Ask and listen. Ask for help and you will often get some kind of inspiration or guidance that comes to you in various ways. Marianne, you yourself, you're not, you're not describing yourself as a psychic or a medium yourself per se. So how did you come to write a book like this? Or how, how, where did that interest, I know you did this wonderful millennial party, which sounded fantastic and fascinating, but where did this come from within you? I think when I made friends with so many gifted people, when I had to do research for that event, I found really gifted people. I did not want like storefront psychics and just do some silly event, you know, as a stunt. I felt like I found family and friends and others that really I could identify with. I don't think my purpose in this life was to do readings. Maybe later I'll, I'll do those types of things. I did early on start using tarot and doing things and I was pretty accurate, but I, I realized it's more important for me to have one foot in the mainstream realm and one foot in this other realm so that I can kind of marry them, you know, be an, an advocate as a PR person raise positive awareness and change the stereotype that's so unfortunate about haunting and ghosts and scary and new age is also dark and mysterious and frightening. It's not that at all. And one of the reasons why my book is just a simple white cover with a bow, looks like a gift. They gave that to me. I mean, I was inspired. Oh, that's what I want because it doesn't look dark and frightening and new agey. We need to change the stereotype about all of these types of gifts and, and abilities so that we all can be more in tune with our own inner voice. And, you know, the silly expressions like women's intuition and just demeaning the whole thing, that it's all woo-woo. It's keeping us from accessing this amazing wisdom that we all have access to. And for, quite frankly, with the state of the world today, we do need to listen a lot more to that wisdom. Left to our own devices, look where we are. Well, I agree with you. And at the moment, so we're, we're struggling as it is to, to be recognized for what we do and what we're able to intuitively know and intuitively offer to other people. But whilst we're battling to be heard, there could be so much more that we could be exploring. So can you talk about the science? I know that you've interviewed some eminent scientists and uh, professors and people like that. Where are we on the cutting edge of science proving things? Very close. People in my book, like Dr. Dean Radin and Dr. Gary Schwartz and others, they've been studying these things for years, um, even though the scientific community, the traditional scientific community, puts it down as woo-woo. These brave people have been studying these, these things for years, and now it's coming to the point where some of them have evidence that they're going to be sharing about how to communicate with those who passed on. Dr. Schwartz has some things. I just found a fascinating scientist named Bill Bengston, who I'm going to be interviewing for the book I'm writing now, the next in this series. This man, he's the president of something called the Society for Scientific Exploration, which brings all of these scientists from disparate areas together in one group 
people studying ESP, remote viewing, healing, et cetera. And he's very outspoken and said to me, Marianne, enough. We're not answering the critics anymore. We're not making excuses and hoping they listen to us. We're done. It isn't about does ESP exist? It does exist. It's how does it work? Not does it work? How does it work? Not does healing work? How does healing work? Because we, he himself, Dr. Bengston, has done these amazing studies on mice. He showed some slides. The mice have cancer. You can see the growth. After he sends them, he has people. He himself is not a healer or whatever. He has people that send them information, these mice. The cancerous growth turns into an ulcer and it falls off and they're cancer-free. They've done this over and over again with mice studies. They've also done it in humans and it's about to be become national. And I find that amazing. And the thing that stands in the way is it has to go through you know, FDA clearance and all these channels. And there is this pushback from mainstream science. Oh, well, this can't work. You can't just be cured of cancer by receiving this vibe or information, but they have the evidence now. So this is kind of starting to really happen. And enough is enough. I agree with Dr. Bankston, no more uh, excuses, no more pandering and, and being defensive and hoping that people believe us. No, it's there. Ask, how does it work? Which is a more interesting question then does it work? Yeah, exactly. But it's interesting, isn't it? You, you talked to me about that mouse experiment. And of course, my mind, with everything that I know that is true, my skeptical mind comes in and says, yes, but what if? And so, of course, it must go through a proper procedure of being proven mm-hmm. so can accept that that is now where we're at and what else can we do next which is what you're all about isn't it but it's it's very difficult for people to get their head around because because they think it's magic how do you know this about me how can you pick this up about me how can you heal a mouse and it turn into an ulcer and then drop off how is that even possible that seems like a magician's trick and and the scientists will be the first to tell you they're not exactly sure how it works. What's pushing back on all of this is fear. How can that person know this about me? How can this work? If we can't wrap our heads around it, how is it possible? Well, come on, a little humility here. Maybe we'll discover exactly the mechanics of it, but as long as it's working and helping people, why continue to question it and put it in a box in the back of your closet? Let's utilize it. Yeah, and if we utilized it, where could we take it? That's what I think. Yes, I can talk to people in the spirit world, as can many of my medium friends. Yes, we can bring through messages. Yes, we can intuitively know stuff from my soul to your soul. Okay, so that's one thing. But what else can we do with this incredible gift? Surely there is something we can do for mankind that is greater than just bringing messages through from grandma. Yeah. And a lot of the people I'm talking with um, have moved beyond that to try to get to this place. You know, right now with the crises we're in with global warming and, and the virus and everything, I've heard that a lot more children being born are light workers. That we're, we, we, I have my colleagues on this plane, all the scientists, the gifted intuitives, et cetera. But I also have my colleagues on that plane. Okay. And I receive inspirations and ideas all the time. And I think people that are really tapped into that recognize the fact that we may be earthly beings in a human body, but we also have access to all that incredible wisdom and beautiful wisdom. And if we, we need to listen to it now more than ever because we are in a bit of a crisis, um, not just with the virus, but everything. And I think that that time has come. People have talked about this, this human consciousness awakening for years and years. 
But the people I'm interviewing that are very gifted, they're saying it's kind of happening now in the next, not 10 years, but now. Yeah, exactly. And so it should. But what about quantum? See, I'm fascinated by quantum physics and I didn't know about it. I know bits about it, quantum mechanics, quantum this, quantum that. Something happens in this place and then it can happen over there in the same time is not linear. All of these things are fascinating and scientists don't know how all of that works yet either. And then again, we don't know what lives under the oceans. We haven't even explored the oceans yet or, or the brain properly. So there's a, there's a lot of scientific breakthroughs yet we have to go through. Yes. And um, did you, I don't know if you saw the chapter in my book that dealt with Einstein. Yes. I mean, yeah. It's, I won't go into this long story, but basically uh, it's a chapter called a Valentine's day phone call from Albert Einstein, where I did receive a phone call on Valentine's day morning. 2016. And it was a person channeling Albert Einstein that I'd never spoken to before. But Einstein said in this conversation with me that he is still on, he's focused on the agenda of bringing humankind to the highest, best good. That was his first sentence in his message. So even there, wherever Einstein is, there are beings, there's energies that are working to try to help us manifest human consciousness in the best of us, right? So it's kind of a process. I mean, being a human, being born human, is like we come here as a school. It's to help our souls grow. And we're kind of neophytes. We just don't really know. We grow, we learn, et cetera. Some of us are more advanced than others, et cetera. But there are certain things we're wiped clean when we come here. We can't know everything. And it's a process. So I believe that even the energies in the other realm, we're working together to kind of bring us, as Einstein said in my message, to the highest, best good. So I'm not exactly sure what that is, but certainly we can do a little bit better than where we are right now, especially all of this hate and divisiveness bubbling up, racial discord. It's just crazy, but it's probably for the good. Maybe it's just cleansing us, you know, so we can go to the next level. Yeah, it's interesting. I often think of humankind as being like little ants in a nest. So ants go about their business. Very intelligent ants, actually. I'm fascinated by ants, but... (laughs) (laughs) They know about their business, but they don't know about human beings wearing spacesuits and flying in a space rocket out to space and exploring the greater universe and the black holes and the galaxies. They, they wouldn't know about that because they don't have the capacity to know because that's the species. And I think as human beings, we don't have the capacity given to us to know the, the greater and greater uh, layers that that would exist in other realms. Yes, I I think you're right. Um, I think some of us are more on to it than others, and I think people that are particularly gifted have a very good idea of some of the reach that we have that some of us don't understand. That's why I believe the message of the book that I was given to give to people is tap into that brilliance that we all have access to. Why wouldn't you? I mean, <laughs> you know, um, they're they're very loving energies as well, but super smart. And also I make a joke that they're very funny. Have you ever experienced that? People want to make them dark, scary energies, whatever. No, they're funny and they're ironic and they're, it's like having the best friend, you know, and they're also, they have your back. They're actually rooting for us to do as well as we can. So listen to them. Yeah, that's very true. So who would you, how do you get in touch with your guides, Marianne? It's a daily thing. I will say, I have great admiration for people that can meditate for hours. They're very, you know, focused. I'm terrible at meditating. I'm a white knuckler. So 
early on, they would get me if I was just waking up in the morning or if I'm in the shower, especially, I would get these thoughts, these ideas. Oh, where's that coming from? You know, for example, like I said, the cover of the book, the, the bow, the name. Um, I had maybe 20 working titles for this book that were not as good as what I think this is. It's very clear and simple. So now I've learned to develop that muscle where I might get a thought like, oh, I'm going to make meatloaf tonight. Well, that's not necessarily coming from them, but I might also get these inspirations that I have to write down. Often when I'm writing a book, I would get that, that are like brilliant thoughts that I'm aware didn't really come from my rational mind. So I've learned to interpret these inspirations. I don't even use the word ideas much anymore. It's a lot of inspirations that I'm getting, not 24-7, but often enough that I realize that it's at work. So that's pretty much how I access it. I would like to be able to meditate better, but my message to people like me is, it's right here at your fingertips. You don't have to, as I write in the book, if I had to hold crystals and focus on my chakras and all of that good stuff, it's good. I would never have been able to write the book because that's just not me. But we all have access to that. You don't have to do anything arduous or difficult to access that inner voice. It's there for you all the time. Just like a thought coming into your head. You don't have to hear voices or see visions. Just recognize that some of the thoughts coming into your head might be inspired thoughts from your guides who want to help you. That's right. And it's important to remember that you don't have to go through a whole rigmarole and a whole process to get into the zone. You just have to get, just sit with your pen and paper and write. If that's what you're trying to do, channel some sort of writing or channel some guidance or inspiration. And it's like you say, it's a, it's a heartbeat away. It's there instantly before you even begin with your, to pick up your pen. It's already there. It's already there. And I think I may have mentioned to you, do you remember the Wizard of Oz movie? Yes, of course. Dorothy goes through all sorts of crazy stuff, the flying monkeys and the poppies and to get back to Kansas. So she finally gets to the Wizard of Oz and the wizard cannot help her get back to Kansas. And then Glinda, that beautiful lady, comes down in this bubble and says to her, Dorothy, you've always had the power to go back to Kansas. And I was one morning I woke up and I was thinking this and I realized they wanted me to write. So I put this in the afterword in my book. We all are right there already. It's just a matter of knowing and understanding that we have that, period. That's the magic of it, just recognizing that it's there. Yeah, exactly. And don't, don't, don't think that you have to spend hours getting into, a, into the right frame of mind for it. No. Yeah. They break through. I often joke that they would be hitting me on the head with a rubber mallet sometimes to get, I mean, I, I write of something I'm not going to go into at length in my book where I did PR for battered women and domestic violence, free PR. And it went in this whole thing where I end up at the end going to the White House and getting legislation passed for battered women to help domestic violence issues. And, but, but at one point I did hear a voice say, call the White House, call the White House. And I was looking around like, what, you know, who's talking to me? And it was very blatant. <laughs> and so the next day I called the White House to try to get a meeting about the, the issue I was dealing with. And I got a meeting. So, you know, it's, it's funny. Um, it's really, it's a beautiful thing that we all have access to intuition. Mm. Uh, but it's been downgraded and downplayed. And it's just another form of communication. You know, before the internet, before our iPhones, which we all live by, which is great communication. We had, you know, phones with cords and whatever. Now we have this amazing access to all of this communication. However, the next level is intuition and it's free. There's no phone bill and it's there. 
And we have loving, wonderful, wise guides, entities, angels, whatever you want to call it, God. It's, I believe it's a conglomeration of energies. But anyway, they're there to help us. It's just another form of communication, but it's been untapped and we need to really tune in now. Yeah, I agree with you. So your book, The Gift Within Us, it goes through, um, at the beginning, you you list out some famous people uh, who weren't taken seriously themselves when they were here on the earth. Right. Like Galileo? Yes. Galileo. Yes. There was three or four of them. I can't remember the names. Galileo and... Joseph Lister. I mean, there's just a number of people who were scientists that were saying, hey, look, this is you know, this is the way it is. And they were, some of them were actually uh, treated poorly. And I think a couple of them were actually uh, put in jail for their beliefs. Mm -hmm. I mean, Galileo, everybody, well, how about the earth is flat? I mean, (laughs) those types of things. Alexander Graham Bell. Also, there's a guy, Joseph Lister, who's a surgeon. And he told everyone, look, if you're doing surgery, you have to wash your hands. Simple thing. He was maligned and put down for that belief and tortured actually by other people saying you're crazy. Well, now look with hand washing. I mean, we know it's a simple thing, but some people were really put down and even jailed for their beliefs. And yet today we all take it for granted. Yeah, exactly. So you've got this lovely beginning with all, all these different pioneers, as it were, from, from before who's, who, who, had all, who were great thinkers and in the front of modern day thinking then back then and then you've got you've interviewed you say 33 modern day psychics and clairvoyants from all across the world how did you find these people to interview Marianne well some of them I knew from that event that I did all those years ago and then I would ask others who do you recommend who do you know that I should speak with including scientists I would ask because these people are studying psi psi it's called psychic ability so they would tell me other people so it was all word of mouth so everyone i interviewed was very gifted and i would experience their gift by having a reading so i could experience how they worked everyone's quite different and then i would do another interview after that about their lives tape everything transcribe it and um they're all very different but they're all incredibly gifted and and that's another reason why i put their contact info in the book because it is hard to find really super gifted people. There are a lot of well-meaning but kind of mediocre folk who say they're psychic and they are to some degree, but what they're picking up on is your hopes and dreams, your fears, uh, your immediate aura. The people that are very, very gifted, they go to the source. They're getting information from the source, which is very interesting. When I get four readings from people like that, they don't know each other, but I'm often told the very same things. If I get four readings from this more mediocre but well-meaning group, it'll be all over the map. You should take that job. You shouldn't take that job. You should, you know, you're going to get back with that boyfriend. You're not. They're picking up what's here, not what's, what's there. And that's why I put their info in the book, because I think these well-meaning people, they're great, but some of the advice they give may lead you down the wrong path. And that's, that's difficult. Yeah, so. and I think for me, the people that I know who are excellent at their craft of mediumship and psychics, all of them, most of them, not all of them, but most of them have had an incredible amount of training and spent a lot of time 
studying, working out how to be a better medium, a better psychic. What if I try it this way? What if I try it that way? Let me try this new method, that new method, working in all these different ways, stumbling, falling, failing, going back 10 steps, moving forward 20 steps, and really investing in their craft until they are the best that they can be at that moment. And myself and people that I'm very, very friendly with, my my medium friends, we're constantly studying still because it's never a finished thing. And you're always trying to and striving to be the best that you can be and pushing those boundaries forward. How else can we work working on in all these new ways? So I think there's a lot to be said for finding someone who's who's done a lot of work in that respect, done a lot of training. But your book is a wonderful resource for people because you've done that research for others so they can just go to your book and find a fantastic array of different clairvoyants and readers and healers who read in many different ways all who have been vetted by you personally and all who are very very talented yeah i wasn't judging people or you know they were all already gifted it's just that experiencing their readings you're just amazed at how gifted they are and they pull different things depending on where they're coming from. If I can share a story, one of the people in my book, he's from Australia, Paul Adzig, lovely man. And, you know, we start the first of the interviews, the reading, and he says to me, Marianne, you're one of three kids in your family, right, sibling? I said, yes, because I have a brother and a sister. He said, but there was a fourth child, a boy named Michael, who died at a very young age. And I got goosebumps because before I was born, my sister was born, and then this boy named Michael, and then my brother, John, and me. I never met Michael. He died at a year and a half of pneumonia. And nobody, we never speak of it. I mean, it was very hard on my mother, as you can imagine. But the fact that Paul picked up Michael, and he said, and Michael's around you, he's helping you with this book, and he's sending you a lot of love. I just couldn't believe it, because I never talk about that. And who could know that, correct? I mean, it's... Yeah, and that's the kind of evidence that we strive for as as mediums to give you something that we couldn't possibly have known. No, and it's amazing. Another lady, and I, I in the beginning of these profile chapters on each person, I'll write something about them that I want to share. And sometimes I write these little stories. But another lady said to me in the beginning of the reading, of course, I'm taping it and I, I shut my mouth and just listen. And she said, okay, Marianne, you live in a house with two very large trees in the front yard, which I do. I have these giant sycamore trees. And she said, was there an old couple that lived there before you? And I said, yes. We bought the house. An older man and woman lived here. He died, and then she died. And he said, okay, their names were Bernice. Like, who gets the name Bernice? Who's even named Bernice anymore? She said, and Adolf. And right there I stop, and I said, oh. I'm thinking to myself, no. His name, and I even said to her, I don't like to say this, but excuse me, his name was not Adolf. She goes, yes, it was. And I'm okay. I'm not going to complain or anything, but everybody knew Mickey and Bernice, Bernice and Mickey. So we finished the reading, which was very excellent. Virginia Centrillo is this person. She's in my book. She's a medium. And I go on the computer afterwards and I look up my house and see previous owners. And it says Bernice and Adolf Markovsky. He was Jewish and he didn't, he hated his given name, Adolf. So he never used it. I think his own daughter didn't really even know that was his given name. I mean, I was floored. (laughs) Yeah, that's wonderful evidence. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I've got a lot of those types of things. So I'm not judging the people, 
but I wanted to have really highly gifted people in the book, but also high integrity. People that are full of ego, they're not in my book. I've encountered some of them. I that to me is of equal importance to the giftedness is the integrity. Um, and, and all of the people in the book are fantastic people that way. People that are, that's a problem with the stereotype here. You'll have one famous gifted person be the celebrity, the psychic of the day. My friend, James von Prague, who's written a blurb for the front of my book was that person. And he's still humble and amazing doing this for almost 40 years now being on television. He was reluctant. He didn't want to be the face of psychic and mediumship ability, but he's done, he did a lot, uh, has done a lot to help bring this to people's attention. But the media has a tendency to latch on to one psychic and put them on all the talk shows. And people think, oh, that's the only person with those abilities. It's, it's a false uh, way of, of showing this gift. It's not just one or two chosen people. We all, as we said earlier, have this ability to tap into this. And maybe some of us are extraordinarily gifted people who, who do readings. We don't know as long as we shut that off. And what you see on television is not necessarily how a psychic medium works either. So you're seeing the highlights and the great hits that they have had within that reading, but that's not necessarily how a reading will go. So it's quite tricky. People don't really understand that either, how, how we really work. Yeah, and I think that the best people have ultimate trust in what they're getting, which is, it's like walking on a tightrope with a blindfold. <laughs> I mean, how can you know to tell me that the guy that owned this house was named Adolf and be so certain yeah. and everything I'm thinking says no, but you are right. So there's a lot of trust in what they're getting from the source. And that takes guts. I mean, I had quite a bit of respect for my gifted friends. Yeah, it does take courage to stick with it. But what I'm learning is that you have to trust the spirit world much more than you ever have to trust a human being because we are fallible, we have psychic amnesia, we forget things, we don't remember who our sisters are or who our brothers are or our uncle, we forget. Um, But the spirit world know everything and, and you're there to be the ambassador for them and the voice for them. So you must stick with what they're giving you. And if your human being that you're sitting in front of doesn't quite understand it, well, that's a shame, but you have to, you know, when you're in your power and you're working in your power. And what I mean by that is you're very centered within your soul self. And you know that the information that you are getting from the spirit world is 100% from the spirit world. So you're sitting in your power, channeling the power of them. So you know that what you're saying is not incorrect. You know, it's right. Yes, it's, a, it's absolutely amazing. I mean, I was told years and years ago that I would write a book and that I would write more than one book and, and all sorts of other things, television and th- things that haven't happened yet. And I just kind of, I didn't discount it, but I was like, I remember I argued with one of the people in my book, the first psychic I ever knew, Nancy Meyer. She's amazing. She works with the FBI to find missing children and psychic detective. But I met her when I was very young in my career. And I was not even involved. I hadn't had that event. I didn't know anyone. And she said, you're going to write a book and all this. And she's, I forgot this, but she said, I argued with her. And I said, no, I'm not an author. I'm a PR person. I'm not going to write a book. And (laughs) it's funny when these things do come to pass, you just have to smile and go, you know, but I can't live in that place where I think all these other things are going to happen. As you said, 
I'm kind of an ambassador for their message. It's their message. And my, my agent, um, I was talking to him one day and I said, oh, Bill, they have amazing ability. Doors will open. You know, they do this, they do that. He goes, Marianne, you're forgetting something. They need us too. We're on the ground here walking around. They need us to carry out some of their messages. And I was like blown away because I thought, yeah, I think he's right. I hadn't really considered it like that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They do need us. It's a two-way thing for sure. So I just want people to, your listeners are already very informed individuals. I know that. If they know people that aren't, maybe they could listen to this show. And I'm also trying to reach other media outlets that the listeners are maybe not informed. Because I think there's this, well, Pew Research, P-E-W Research, found that the fastest growing group of people are people that identify as spiritual but not religious. In other words, they've turned away from traditional religion, maybe the sex scandals, whatever, but they're still yearning for that spiritual connection. It's a huge group. And that's who I'm trying to reach also, not just the informed people that are already on on the case, but people that are searching that don't know where to go. I myself was raised Catholic. I I don't care if you're religious, what religion you are. This message transcends all religion. But this was the first Easter that I was not able to go to church because of the virus. But we don't necessarily need to go into a building. I mean, if you want to, that's your choice. Fantastic. But we all have access to this and they love us and they're sending us messages. They're with us. They're right in step with us. And they want us, they're rooting for us to succeed in our life. And they're rooting for the planet to do the best it can do. And there are so many, many ugly things happening in the world, not just America, England, all over the planet. And I believe some of this is to open our eyes so that we do seek the good stuff and reject the bad stuff. But it's, we're humans. There's a lot of fighting going on. I think, though, ultimately, we're going to rise above a lot of this. But we had to go through some ugly things first. And the virus has humbled us like nothing else, made us turn inward, be with our families, work from home, ask questions, turn inward, right? Don't you think it's been had a huge cleansing effect? I think it definitely has. And it has certainly made everybody turn inwards. It's been a wonderful leveler because it's brought everybody to the same level of knowing, I guess, what love is and what love isn't and how their friends are suffering and how perhaps they are suffering or their families are suffering either through lack of jobs or, or through the illness itself, finance not flowing, you know, great loss and, and a great loss of our mental health and our boundaries and our ability to go out and mix and communicate and be with each other. And it has been a great leveler for us all to work out what is truly important in our lives and surely what is, I think everybody would agree, what is really important is community and everybody coming together to work for the greatest benefit of each other and not all grasping for what's right for the individual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, unfortunately, in our country, it's a mess that way right now. And I know that you've gone through similar things and, and there's some very ugly things happening in the world now. But I think that our eyes are being opened to a better path. Maybe it just had to get down and dirty before it got better. But it's been very hard several months now. I will say, though, that several people in my book saw this coming. They didn't know it was a virus. They thought maybe it was a, the market crashed or there was a war. But they saw in early 2020, they literally, one has a graph from 2014 to 2020, 
and then everything goes like that. But they knew it was for developing a higher consciousness. It was a necessary thing. Yeah. And they just didn't necessarily know it was a virus. They just knew it was something that was going to have an enormous impact on our lives for the better, ultimately. But there would be some pain to go through first. Yeah, I remember having that feeling in January. I said to my daughter, and I think I've spoken about this in another podcast, but I said to her, something's happening in the world and it feels awful. It feels like a tsunami that is coming. Something's happened. It's like it's happened out there, like, you know, a tsunami where there's a shift on the tectonic plate or whatever. It was it was some sort of energetic shift like that. And you could feel the trembles coming your way. And I just said, something terrible is coming. I just know it. And she just, you know, <laughs> teenager. Well, you know, your daughter and my daughter were born on the same day. We did. <laughs> I can't believe they were born on the same day. They're exactly the same age. Okay. And yes, there's a little bit of snarkiness that goes on. You know, um, my daughter, uh, she's heard a lot of stories and she knows what I do and, and how much I love gifted people and, and all of this. And she herself is very intuitive and in tune with all of that. Um, but yes, they're still teenagers. And part of the job of being a teenager is to kind of miss your mother, mess up your mother. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, it, it's, it's very funny, but no one tells you when you have a child, all of the people listening understand this who have teenagers or older what you need to go through or have to go through when they get to a certain age, <laughs> or maybe we wouldn't have kids if we knew. No, we wouldn't. If we knew, well, it's again, it's like life, isn't it? If we knew what, what was in store for us, mm-hmm. we just wouldn't go out of the door. It would just be too difficult to face everything, but we do face it. We're all full of courage. And I love the saying that your ability to get through a difficult day so far is 100%. Have to bear that in mind when we're suffering from you know very difficult times. Um, Marianne, you've written a second book, or you are in the process of writing a second book. Talk to us about what that will in- what that will be. Well, uh, this book took a long time to write because I have my day job. I, I'm a PR person, but it was a labor of love. This next book, I'm full on just writing it, and I hope to have it done by the end of the year. Frankly, out early 2021, but it's the same kind of book, I will interview, I'm not sure 33 people, but maybe, maybe 22 gifted people from all over the world. I've already started that process and telling their stories and they're amazing. One person channels 12 archangels who go by one name, Theo, like theology, Theo. And and she's been doing this for quite some time. Uh, Some of the other people are just phenomenal. Some are energy healers. I hadn't had many many of those folk in this book. So there'll be those profile chapters, but I'm also doing chapters where I interview James von Prague at length, uh, have an interview, people like him who I consider to be luminaries or pioneers in this field. Paul Siegel is another person and some other well-known people who kind of led the way, lit the the path for us. Uh, So I didn't do that in this previous book. I'm also talking with other scientists that aren't in my current book, like Bill Bankston, who I mentioned before with the mice studies, who are so tapped into this amazing ability and are using it to help heal us, to help us move forward. Even though science still puts up a hand and says, oh, that's woo-woo. They're sick of woo-woo. They're done with the woo-woo designation. No more, no more of that. I'm also doing a chapter, which I'm interviewing you for, about podcasts 
because in promoting my book, I, I knew of a couple of really great podcasts in this area. I didn't know all of the others that I've, I've learned about. And a lot of these podcast folk, they're reaching so many people with these important messages from other people like me who are authors or whatever, scientists, gifted people. And often at their own expense or often, you know, just it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work to, to do a podcast, as you know. Yeah. So I'm not only interviewing them for this chapter, but I'm going to list these podcasts and how people can find them at the end of the book. Because yeah. I think they're an amazing resource. And I, I, again, brave people who are bringing all of these messages to the public. And I think I see that these things are going to be much more mainstream, much more monetized in the future. People want good content. They want to hear these types of messages. And um, one person said to me, Marianne, I'm doing this at my own expense. He's amazing. And he said, I just, I see a day when it's going to be more accepted and there are going to be more backing for this. I think that will happen too. But for now, I'm going to be listing a lot of podcasts. There aren't all that many, but there are a number that are really great is yours. So that's going to be in the book. So there's going to be disparate things, other things that I write about. I will mention in this current book, I also have a chapter on how people with these gifts have been treated throughout history. There were times that when they were revered by kings or shamans in, in tribes, other times persecuted, put down, maligned. So it's very interesting. But one thing is bravery. I think there's a lot of brave people out there that are accepting this. And I think more and more are coming to the fore now that it's, it is much better than it was 20 years ago when I did that event. It's much more accepted. And I think that it's being launched into the stratosphere as far as acceptance in the coming years. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Most yeah. definitely. Yeah. It's interesting, isn't it, how we have been revered and persecuted at different times and for different reasons and, and continue to be so. Uh, and I just really look forward to a day when the scientists have done what they need to do, which is prove that what we've said all along is correct. And then we can just get on and really advance and see how we can use these talents for the benefit of mankind, you know. I find it fascinating. You were talking about Nancy Meyer there, who works in psychic detection. And I have a, a very tiny group. It's just myself and two other psychics, Leslie Malone and Tyrone Cusack. And we, we work as a little trio on psychic detective cases. And how it works is somebody will give us a case and then we'll go away separately and we'll write down our initial thoughts, our initial feelings of what might have happened to that person, that object, that pet. And then we'll come together and we'll just give each other the, the, what we all think. And there are so many things that overlap that are exactly the same. And then we'll take that one thing and we'll go deeper into that and find out. And it's that sort of work that I think we could help people so much with, I don't know, missing people, you know, I know like psychic detection with murder cases, things like that, or just, I don't know, there's a, there's a myriad of different ways that psychics and mediums can begin to work if their work is only taken seriously. And even the police, they will use psychics, they do use uh, psychic detection, but they don't tell people about it because they don't want to be seen as you know, woo-woo either. Right. And Nancy will tell you and other people in my book have been used by the police, the FBI for a long time, but they will not go on record as talking about that. Similarly, certain people, uh, I know one healer that's in my book, 
Praja Avalon worked at a hospital in Boston solely to work on cases that were inoperable, the people were going to die, tumors, various things. She would work on them and they would shrink and go away. They had her in a control group. They had She would work on different people and then there would be other people that she wouldn't work on and they did scientific experiments using her. And I know right now this is still going on at Yale and other places. I know people that are involved in that, but they're not going on record yet, but they're quietly using these people to help medically and in the police situations. And yes, one day to break through, hopefully soon, that this is being utilized so that we can just, as you said, get on with it. Like Bill Bankston said with his mice studies, let's move forward and help these people easily just receiving information, information. I'm not sure exactly what that is, but um, he's able to do it in mice. And he said, sometimes the best subjects in humans are people that are so skeptical. They're the ones oftentimes that it works on the best for some odd reason. So it's, yeah, I think that taking the lid off of this, changing the stereotype, which has kind of been my mandate in writing this book and the next book, which will also be called a gift within us, maybe two. I'm not sure how I'm going to do it. The the bow instead of gold will be maybe purple, but it's kind of a quest that I've been given to, to change that perception. It's a tall order, but it's fascinating and it's time. Well, I speak on behalf of all the psychics and mediums out there who are so grateful to you for this work on our behalf and just to bring this out of the dark cupboards of secrecy and into the mainstream where it is accepted we are accepted and we can help people that and do help people but under this quiet you know woo woo thing and it it's crazy i was i often joke that because they're so funny that my colleagues on the other side on the other plane whatever they're very humorous and i often feel like i'm working with the writers room at saturday night live or some other comedy show they're very funny and i joke to james von prague the medium that the beauty of working with those colleagues is that there's no office politics i mean nobody's out to get you or stabbing you in the back they're working with you i mean same with my colleagues on this plane but i've worked in corporations I work for top PR firms and pharmaceutical companies. And there's a number of people that don't want to see you succeed. They're, they're, you're, they want to see your career fail so that they can rise up. Well, there's none of that with this group. You know, yeah. have you ever worked with people that were kind of out to get you? Um, Maybe you've been fortunate, but in the corporate world, there's a bit of that. Oh, in the corporate world, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> there's, yeah, I mean, I don't know that I have actually. I don't know that I have experienced. I- Lucky, no, but not in this realm. People in the spiritual realm, there is competition, I think, out there. But in the corporate world, it's it's a lot. Yeah. There's great people, but there's also this other faction of people that are out to get you. And people listening would understand that if they've worked in the corporate world. But in that other world, there's just nothing but love. And what we talked about earlier with our daughters, one message they wanted me to give people, it sounds like a greeting card and maybe silly, but... The love that we have for our daughters, even if they're acting kind of up, right, snarky, they love us like that. I don't care if we think we're sinners or whatever. They love us like that. It's this extraordinary amount of acceptance and love that they give to us. They're smiling at us and they they want us to know that. And it sounds silly or like a, you know, Hallmark card, but no, that's, that's one thing that they're very clear on because the love I have for my daughter even exceeds the love I have for my family member, you know, my husband, my, it's a weird kind of love. It's hard to explain, isn't it? Isn't it? 
intense and so passionate and so protective and nurturing and exciting and yes even though maybe you're not getting a lot of gratitude <laughs> well actually i i am she's oh. amazing I, I adore her she's being wonderful well my daughter is also but i think you know there is the, those growing pains where they need to be yeah. independent and pull yeah, away I think that's hard as a, as a parent to to allow them to well they have to do that so that yes. they understand their boundaries and how to react with other people. And you're the sounding board. So you take all the <laughs> slings and arrows so that other people outside of the family don't. <laughs> so Exactly. Yeah. And my husband often says, well, when she's around other people and she's acting a certain way, they will dress her down. They will tell her. That's how you learn. You can do anything to your parents. <laughs> And but the other people won't put up with it. But yeah, no, there's a, a enormous amount of love. And my daughter, she's a typical, you know, 19 year old. I mean, she's she understands all that we do and she appreciates it, but she still needs to pull away. So but but we are loved in that way. I don't think people understand that. They don't feel worthy of that love or something, you know. Um it, it, well, I think it's hard, isn't it, to feel worthy of love when you've had an upbringing where you've not experienced it. You're, you've been brought up by parents or guardians who don't know how to love. So you don't, you haven't had that as a reference. So you don't know how to do that yourself. So it can be a, a repeating pattern, can't it? Yeah, and I think in traditional religion, I'm very happy that I was raised Catholic. But the one thing I didn't like was when they used to say, before you went for communion, but Lord, I'm not worthy of receiving whatever you. Uh, didn't. It doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> I was brought up Catholic as well. We have a lot in common, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, one person I interviewed for the book is a Catholic archbishop, and he's now died uh, as of October of last year. But Father Flynn, I knew him growing up, and he became a family friend. My father was Methodist, and he was the person who helped my father transition to Catholicism. But he became a bishop and then an archbishop. And a couple of years ago, I was finishing writing this book, and I thought, I'm going to call Father Flynn. I mean, Archbishop Flynn. And I wanted to see what he would say. I didn't know if he'd say, oh, Marianne, that's the work of the devil. How are you doing talking to psychics? But to the contrary, he was so amazing. He was so accepting. He said, Marianne, saints have these abilities. Jesus had these abilities. And he went on and let me interview him. And I'll just say, there's a quote at the back of the book, two sentences by Archbishop Harry Flynn, Harry J. Flynn. He says, this direct connection has always been available to all of us. Some receive this guidance through prayer, some through meditation, and others by simply listening to their inner voice. We all have access to divine wisdom. It's just a matter of knowing and trusting that we are loved and worthy of receiving that guidance. Yeah, beautiful. What a lovely message. I tried to write a chapter where I interviewed rabbis and ministers and priests about intuition. Nobody would talk about it. Very difficult. So thank goodness I was able to get Archbishop Flynn on record um, as saying it. But he was a very bold man. He was the, as a bishop, he was the head of the committee to stop the sex abuse among priests. Right. He was in charge. He just did the right thing always. So I don't know where the Catholic uh, religion or any other religion stands on this stuff now. I just know it was very hard for me to find people in those places to talk about it which is still, I find strange. I, I don't know. I can't comment on that because I, I, I wouldn't know. I, I, 
it sounds maybe like. I'll have more luck for this book I'm writing now. I'll, I'll try again. And see if- well, I mean, do because that would be really interesting to get the opinions of those who lead flocks, you know, lead their own congregation mm-hmm. because they will have advanced as well in their thinking in 20 years since the millennium. I'm going to try. And the other thing I couldn't write about, and I tried, I wanted to interview celebrities about how they got to where they are knowing that they were helped by using their intuition, doors were open, you know, but nobody, except for Oprah Winfrey's aha moment that she talks about, nobody would go on record about how they got to where they were because it's a taboo in Hollywood, in the entertainment industry, to speak of such things. Um, Well, yeah, and I'm not surprised because they don't want to, it's so hard to get to where they've got to. They don't want to teeter or do anything that's going to, Ooh. move them off the hard one place where they stand so I can understand that I think it's time though to give a little credit <laughs> you know it, it, we're not all that brilliant and wonderful that all of these I mean I do believe that that we have a great access to this divine wisdom and that's what some of the captains of business know they know this secret kind of thing so it's really it's time to come out in the open and, and just envelop us ourselves in this kind of wisdom and brilliance just by listening to our inner voice couldn't be easier to do yeah it's the most simple thing in the world and yet why is it proving so hard (laughs) well we're already next time you get a really brilliant thought or something that comes out of the blue that you're like what i mean where did that come from maybe think about it for a second and realize that maybe your angels guides whatever however you reference it maybe they're helping you a little bit there. And also in my book, I give six simple steps to access your inner voice. And one of them is ask for help. Like I said before, we think that they're too busy uh, to, to listen to us. No, no. I had this analogy given to me by them. You know, when we pray in typical religion, we feel like we're talking to a phone. We're wondering if they're hearing, are we silly? Who's going to listen to this? But what they told me is that they have the other receiver in their ear. They're, they're yearning to communicate with us as well. It's a two-way street, and we can all benefit from listening to that. That's fabulous, Marianne. And where will people be able to buy your current book and your second book when it comes out? After? Yeah, um, just go on Amazon, The Gift Within Us. I'm fortunate that it, it came out in late March with the height of the pandemic. Crazy, right? But it was named the number one new release on Amazon in the spiritual self-help category, which shocked me. But... <laughs> I know. So just Amazon, The Gift Within Us, or my name, Mary Ann Bohr, B-O-H-R-E-R, or it's also on barnesandnoble.com. Also, if you go on my website, just my name, Mary Ann Bohr, M-A-R-Y-A-N-N-B-O-H-R-E-R.com, and you'll see a link to the book as well. The next book, I guess it'll come out early 2020. I have to iron that out. I'll be back in touch when that's available. But if you just Google my name or The Gift Within Us, you'll find it easily. Fantastic. Mary Ann, once again, just thank you so much for writing that book in the first place. And I know that that was divinely inspired for you to write that. So we do thank those in the spirit world as well for channeling that through you. But but really thank you for all the work that you're doing out there, pushing forward these boundaries and, and, and pushing forward what might be possible for people to understand and achieve and I just think everything that you're doing is incredible. So thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's like a pot of gold right in our hands. We just have to see it. 
You know, we just have to understand that it's already there. We're already getting those gut feelings and inspirations. So just realize where it's coming from. Oh, I hear your doggy. Yeah, so Marianne, thank you so much for coming on Psychic Matters, for, for everything that you've shared here with us and your, your incredible knowledge. I mean, I know you're a PR professional and a communication specialist, but you know an awful lot about the spirit realm and psychic work and healing. Yes, thank you. I, I think that the message I've been given to give is basically right there at our fingertips. It's like we have, like as I said, a pot of gold right there in our hands. It's just a matter of seeing that it's there. And we'll all benefit. You'll immediately feel the positive effects of being in touch with this inner voice. You're already getting those inspirations daily. Next time you get a brilliant idea or whatever, a thought that doesn't immediately come from your rational mind, pause for a moment and realize that maybe your angels or guides are helping you. And learn to ask them for more help. And often you will, you will receive that. So I'm pleased to be working in this area. It's a divine gift. It's, it's a labor of love. But uh, if I can connect some more people to that inner voice, to that divine brilliance, that's, that's everything to me. Thank you so much, Mary Ann Bora. Thank you. Mary Ann Bora, a hugely talented lady. Please do buy her book, The Gift Within Us. It's named the number one new release on Amazon in the spiritual self-help category. The purpose of Mary Ann Bora's book is twofold. Firstly, that there are gifted intuitives out there ready to help us. And she has a list in the book of vetted and trusted mediums, healers and psychics. So if you are a person looking for a reading, this book may well help you find who you need. And secondly that it's very important to listen to your own inner voice. We are not alone in this world. We have loving guides who are right there for us and who can help us become the best people that we can be. All we have to do is tune in to the gift within us. I have a couple of training courses coming up. So if you are interested in training with me and in understanding your own spiritual gifts, please do head over to my website, anteato.com, A-N-N-T-H-E-A-T-O.com. And you will see all the courses that I'm currently offering on there. I teach all kinds of things, psychic development, mediumship, tarot cards, psychometry, spirit guides, meditation, trance, healing, uh, many, many different things, all kinds of things. So do go over there and check that out on my website meanwhile thank you everybody for being fantastic listeners i really really do appreciate each and every one of you i have reached over seven thousand downloads of this podcast now worldwide and the stats today tell me that it's being listened to in 52 countries and 982 cities towns, villages and hamlets across the world. Wherever you are, my name is Ante Arto and thank you for listening to Psychic Matters. Psychic Matters.